Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truth Life. I'm so excited to have my friend Sammy Eason on today. We met probably three or four years ago. I remember our first phone call very vividly. Like many, I was attracted to both her dry humor and one-liners that parallel deeply poetic captions where she shared her life struggles. Sammy shares her life unfolding, which is very different than the way most people share, which is never sharing the hard stuff at all, or only once it's all nicely tucked away and figured out. Sammy, you're not the typical influencer. You're really more of an artist. And I've watched you hone your craft of articulating life through photographs and captions over the years. On the exterior, since you guys are listening through podcasts, Sammy is covered in tattoos. Like, I feel like you're like 80% yeah. tattoos, right? <laughs> Making me cry, but yeah. You're crying already? You give off a really harsh outer shell, but the reality is you're such a softie. I know people think I'm like scary. Yes, yeah, but they don't because like we see your hard exterior but then there's like this softness to you and I think that's why so many people are attracted to you you legit set the trends like from fashion to parenting to home decor to coffee pours whatever you do it's effortless and cool Instagram is a platform where we can just scroll and scroll but Sammy's words and images pull you in so deep that they're worth the stop and the reason I so passionately wanted Sammy as a guest not just because she's my friend is because she truly embodies what it means to stay soft when shit sucks and the world wants you to harden. In her young age, she has experienced so much from loss to deception to divorce in the middle of a pandemic. We're going to get right into it. So without further ado, Sammy, it's so good to see your face on video. We never get to see 
that face on your Instagram account. <laughs> live. Video is, is very off-brand for me. <laughs> yeah, you keep us really in suspense about your voice. You rarely turn the camera back to you, which is what makes you an atypical influencer. So it's so good to see you. I don't think I've seen you since my wedding last year, where that was so special for me that so you fun. and Chris came, and I got to spend some quality time with both of you. So a lot has happened, though, since November of last yes. year, since I saw you. Where would you like to start? <laughs> well, I just want to start by saying that you're actually one of the most unique people that I know. And I want to just ask you how it makes you feel for me to say that, to say like you're different, but in a positive way, because I think unique is says something different than different. I feel like I'm getting better at, I don't know if that's a compliment, but like taking those things in because I don't know when people say things about you, it's like, I don't ever want to come off as like arrogant, but it makes me feel good, especially right now, because I've just, you know, divorce especially has made me compare a lot. And I think this year for many puts you in a tough place and it's hard to see good things about you, about yourself when you're struggling. And so it's nice. You've always been unique. It seems like in your, how old are you, by the way? Let's just start with that. 28. 28. Okay. So this podcast is going to be different from others because I actually want to start with right now and then work our way back into get to know how Sammy became the woman that she is, the woman that I look up to. And I honestly feel like you have lived 400 lives in 28 years from drug overdose to hip surgeries or hip replacements, right? Yeah. To loss of a parent and the current events, plus so much more in between. Before this year, or before June of this year, I should say, you always showed up and you shared stories in real time, whether it was about fights that you were having with your husband, Chris, and how you made up, or filling our feeds with adorable pictures of your boys and giving us a lot to think about or just laugh on. But for an entire month of this year, you went dark on us. And I want to just start by talking about that break. Where did you go and what happened? I think I had been feeling overwhelmed for a long time in the winter. And I pushed through a lot of that. I don't know if it was, I think a little bit was postpartum depression. And then with Chris traveling so much, it was like, it just got harder and harder. And then on May 6th, I found a bank statement, which I just didn't feel right about it. And there was a reason that I opened it. I don't know why. It wasn't because I was suspicious, but it was definitely intuition. And I had confronted Chris about it. And I just said, what is this? And he gave me an answer and I didn't really sleep well that night. And I kind of just had that feeding on me. Before you even go further about the answers you got, you and Chris have been together for how many years? August would have been our sixth year anniversary. Right. So six years. And if you're new to Sammy, you have two babies and a, another baby on the way, right? Yes. So May 6th, you find this statement and like, a dog or two like your house is like full of heartbeat three there's three dogs but not anymore okay how many dogs now any no dogs I have one one dog okay so your house at the time is three dogs two babies one baby in your belly you and Chris that's a lot of things kind of going on there a lot of energy it's a lot of energy and a lot to keep up with and I want to kind of get into what unfolded and what your intuition led you to but I also want to say as somebody who has met Chris and and, you know, this uh, this is a very sensitive topic that my goal is to respect him in this interview, recognize that he's not here to tell his side and just say that there's so much to, that meets the eye. So we're just going to talk about what happens. But I think that it's easy to kind of like characterize somebody as crappy. But there's so much more to Chris, to Chris and Sammy. He's not a bad person. There's no hatred. Where did your intuition take you on May 6th? I had wanted to separate right before this happened happened because the way we were living was not sustainable. He was working until four in the morning and coming home and, you know, not really prioritizing health, which I think a lot of people listening to this will can say that that's important, like sleep and nourishment 
and the people you surround yourself with, like this community on Instagram is people are in tune with that. And I, I was kind of pushing that with him for a while. I was wondering if this was just it. And I wanted to separate and have the house be like, I couldn't have someone coming and going at 4am anymore, and then traveling on top of it. And we just weren't in a good place. So I had kind of already told him that I was feeling that way. And then I found what I found. And I kind of pulled teeth for the entire month of May. And that's why I went dark on Instagram because I just, I didn't even open the app. I didn't delete it from my phone, but I, I just had never needed to be more present. And I'm very grateful that that wasn't like my main, well, it's my main source of income, but I'm grateful that that didn't like derail us in any way. However, it did derail us in other ways because the internet is just a weird place and you don't know who's watching. And people do watch and people will take advantage. And I think that is a side to social media that people don't see. I think when you get on Instagram and you see a, a profile and they have all these followers and they're doing all this stuff with their lives, you kind of think it's all like awesome and fun. But some people will see that as opportunity. I think it's an important message to, and how quickly I even feel like when I show up to my account, like it's generally a safe place, but so I know when things are off. I know when eyes are on me that shouldn't be on me. And obviously, I haven't gone through the gravity of things that you've gone through. But I think it's a take home message to always protect yourself. That doesn't mean don't be vulnerable, but protect what matters, which is your family. So I just want to back up for a second as your friend of three or four years. What's really interesting, if, if you don't know the world of Instagram, I guess, is a lot of us influencers, quote unquote, form real friends friendships that, you know, Sammy, you and I have spoken almost every day with the exception of really this year, we kind of you had a lot going on, I gave you your space. But before pandemic life, you know, we probably chatted 80% of the days of the year for the past 900 days. Yeah, without even meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Without even meeting, we met one time before my wedding. But you might think that our conversations are, oh, like, should I post this today? Or this brand wants to work with me, but I can't speak for others, but our friendship and many of the friendships that I form on Instagram have nothing to do with Instagram. You become my family <laughs> and you know, we share intimate parts of our life in a way that's even more safely than maybe talking to our friends because or family because they're more partial to the things in our life. So from the beginning, you shared with me issues at home with Chris. And, you know, there were some red flags early on. You already had Isaac when I met you. And the next thing we knew, you were pregnant with MJ. And as a friend, we kind of have to, I could say this kind of in hindsight now, like it was a, a difficult way to show up as a friend that you've never met. We talk about serious stuff. We only know Chris through the lens of what we've heard, which is good and bad, but there's some red flags there. And at the same time, you're now pregnant with your second child. So I just want people to understand that our friendships that we have online with our friends are just as real <laughs> as the friendships that we have in person, where it's not my place to say, Sammy, you shouldn't be pregnant right now. It's my place to support you as a friend, which means the way I spoke about Chris and gave you advice also had to pivot a little bit. I'm thankful that my friends are not like none of them have like bashed him because he is the father of my kids and they come first now. And so I feel very grateful. That's rare to like meet someone online and then you have this friendship with them and then you tell them all the stuff they're going through and they're, I don't know, I, I feel like some of the friendships I've made on here are gold, just gold. such gold. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, at my wedding, it was super interesting because I have my family and my friends that know nothing about my Instagram life. And, you know, they see my friends as quote unquote influencers. They roll their eyes, whatever. But when they came together, my real life friends and my, you know, influencer friends who came, you, Katie Lemon, Sama, Rachel, you know, so many amazing people. All of a sudden, my home friends got it. Like you guys are such a special group of people that I, I'm so glad I met along the journey. Well, it's almost like that's why you like choose those friends right. because 
like you can connect on Instagram because it's nice to send someone a message who's like doing the same thing you're doing and be like, does this make sense? Or do you like this or like artistically? But then the real connection comes from it's it, it, it's just a tool. Right. But you became a household name for my family, my sister-in-law, Lauren, you know, my operations manager, Amaya, my girlfriend, Shayna, who wore you guys wore the same dress to my oh wedding. My and when you went dark, like, all my real life people, if you will, were like, is Sammy okay? Is Sammy okay? What's going on with Sammy? Not out of a nosy point of view, but because we were worried. You know, you always shared so much with us. We, I knew something big was going on. But again, it's that boundary of I don't want to step too far because you've got a third baby on the way now. I know something maritally is going wrong, but how do you guide a friend with all this going on. And the beautiful thing is you guided yourself. So on June 13th, your birthday, I believe you returned or right around that time. And I'm just going to read your caption here. You said, today I'm 28. I was unsure whether or not I should share something uplifting or positive or the current reality of how I'm processing life. So I'll do both. Today I'm entering my 28th year married and pregnant in a pandemic, knowing I'll walk out divorced a single mom of three. In my 27th year, I learned the right thing to do is not always going to be the easiest thing to do. I learned that people can change, worse, but also for better. I learned that our purpose changes and that it's not our purpose to be someone else's purpose. I learned that rebirth is possible and it's beautiful. I learned that good parenting doesn't have a uniform, that kindness and compassion will overrule anger and fear. I learned that intuition is our most momentous instinct and that trust within ourselves is the best way to rest easily at night. I learned that honoring self-respect is the only way to undoubtedly be free in this world. Today, I feel peace, ready, and happy. So I just want to ask you, how does it feel for me to read your words? <laughs> well, it's funny that you actually read that because tomorrow is October 1st and my due date is the 18th. So it's like that was like the beginning for me. And now this is the end. And it's definitely been bittersweet. It's weird to like pregnancy. This is the best shape I've been in physically. And I think that that was like, that was the universe being like, we'll give you a break this time. What do you mean the best shape physically? Well, just with Isaac, I was, I was very unhealthy. And so you're saying your physical strength is contributing to your mental strength. Yeah. And like with Maddox, I was on bed rest. And so now I have two kids and I'm pregnant. I'm going through all the shit. So it's like, it was nice that I wasn't <laughs> able to. Only you could find. On my walk every day. I'm laughing because only you could find the silver lining, the light in the darkness. That being said, though, like being pregnant during this summer was, I didn't really have to do much, but with the kids like there wasn't anything to do because of covid so that was a blessing too most people in your shoes samantha would not be able to see what you're seeing so there's something about the way you're able to catch your breath and and count what you have which is like woven into every Instagram post that you have, which I know for those of you who haven't checked out Sammy yet, like you're like, what's an Instagram post have to do with this? But oh my gosh, yesterday I went back and read, I mean, every time I read you post something, I'm pulled in from the photo to the caption, but going back and reading your journey and on your blog, I like was so engulfed in, in your universe and able to see that literally in every piece of writing that you have, have, and it's not forced. This is you. You're sharing the difficult, but there's this glimmer of like everything's going to be OK. And I think that's why, of course, I'm attracted to you and your your being. Sometimes I like especially when people are like thinking of you, which is a very nice thing to say. I always hope that people get that that I'm like I'm not an expert. And I guess that hopefulness is like, I don't, I've never done this before. In another podcast that I listened to you and you said, in life's hardest moments, you try to be loving. And if you can be loving in those moments, you'll sleep better at night. And there's this constant theme in many of your writings about sleeping better at night. 
And as somebody who struggles with sleep and I don't have a quarter of your problems, you have found a way to sleep at night, it sounds. And I don't know if you even remember this, but in 2018, you wrote about cheating on your blog. Had Chris cheated before? Was that in relation to Chris or a different ex? I had written that from previous experiences. Got it. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people have experienced cheating. So it was a general cheating Well, I will say that, you know, before Chris and I did get married, we lived a very, I don't know if scandalous is the right word, but there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of partying. And when you do those things, things happen. But in that post about cheating, which was not related to Chris, or maybe it was a little bit related to Chris, some other, I know you've been in other not so good relationships as well. I remember I wrote that feeling, I think, because the betrayal, I think cheating and emotionally too, there's a disconnect and you can feel it. And whether it is physical or emotional, we all have this. Like an intuition? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I had been cheated on past relationships and in my past relationships, I had cheated. So there was that, but then there was also like, Chris was my first big relationship. Relationships are never easy. But then when you throw in the messy stuff of like lust and promiscuity and like all these things, it gets really fuzzy and confusing. And so I think when your relationship does start to go south, you're always wondering if the other person is like talking to someone like, why are they not like, why is there this disconnect? Right. I mean, it can go across the board. Like to the end, I felt like Chris was cheating on me with work. You know, it's just an emotional availability, like emotional availability and ability to be present has a while love might be infinite emotional availability is finite and you know if that's being occupied but you wrote the cure for all hurtful things is love it is the only way we overcome move on find peace and grow this life is special use it for good and I feel like sometimes people just say things like that or they say it in hindsight but I truly believe that, you know, 2020, the year where things are just up in arms for everybody. But like I said to you the other day, like I texted you about something so stupid and then I was like, I apologize to even bringing up something stupid to you, even though you were fine hearing it. Like your stuff is so much more real and scary. And here you are living out that same 2018 lead with love to grow, to move on in that same way. So what is the current situation with Chris? And then let's move past Chris. Well, so everything happened and I, you know, I I pulled teeth for answers until I got what I felt was honest and genuine. And then I, I kind of nurtured him for the summer. What does that mean to nurture Chris? Like we used to go to the farmer's market every Saturday morning. It was like our family thing. He would work all week. He's never been a morning person. The eight years that we've been together cannot wake up. His mom will, his mom will tell you this, just such a solid sleeper. And so we just tried everything. He's like, put, throw a kid on me in bed and it'll wake me up or like bring me a coffee and, and that'll wake me up. Like nothing, nothing. I mean, I now, now we know because that medication was just totally messing with him chemically and then he was overworked and then poor diet and add alcohol and weed and whatever else and it's just not good so he decided to get sober well I mean after after everything had come to the surface I was like you can't drink ever again Mm -hmm. I mean just the horror stories you hear too about custody and co-parenting and it's very difficult and it's nauseating and it made me those first couple weeks I was just like I thought I was going to die because I could go through all this but I don't want the kids to be around that oh my god like the kids cannot I'm not doing that this isn't your first experience with you know addiction and alcoholism so you know where that can go right yeah and his dad was an alcoholic and my dad was an alcoholic his dad's still alive my dad's gone so when you say that you nurtured him though was he living with you this summer even after you decided to divorce no so I already had had a lawyer contact and I all month of May I just kind of cried and did paperwork and I served him at the end of the month And then he was living at his warehouse Mm -hmm. where he, it's also an office. So, you know, it's not like he was sleeping on like cement, but it's not, it's not a place to live. You know, at first he was like really defensive and it's, it's like that whole thing where you're like, oh my God, are you just going to like pick up and run off? Or like, do you not care? Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was like he was body snatched and then the softness came Mm -hmm. and I'm not changing my mind. So was very hard to watch and it made him very I just never seen him so sad and it broke my heart to be him like that 
And so I, I mean, he was calling me at three in the morning. And so I, I left, I said, you can't stay at the warehouse anymore. You have to come back to the house, but I can't be here. And some of the decisions he had made, made me not feel safe at home. So when you nurtured him, though, he took the house, you left the house and it just unfolded. My friend who's always had an au pair, her au pair had to go back to Australia because of COVID. She has a gorgeous home and she has space for us. She said, come bring your crib in. The more the merrier. Me and the boys, we all slept in a room and I kind of helped her. Her kids are older, but I helped, you know, with that's like they were breaking curfew. And I was like, you know, I've always been a nanny before I was a mom. So it was like right up my alley and she was working full time. So I kind of watched her house and helped her with her kids and she gave us a safe space. So most people in your situation right now would be just clinging to anger because the way I feel about anger is anger gives you something to do. It gives you the courage to keep going to be sure that you're right because the thought of them makes you so sick. But hope, you know, if Sammy's voice, your face, like you're so soft about this. And you posted in July about a picture that Chris took on a special family trip that you went on. And you bring up the idea of feeling resentful and how you shift out of it. And I'll skip most of it. But you said, I write this with teary eyes. I have no hatred in my heart. It is more difficult to hate, especially now while growing another life. Hatred fuels fire, but not the kind that ignites you, the kind that burns you. Love fuels peace. I will always be grateful for the memories. We must never regret the memories. I I feel like that sums up what Chris is to you, what Chris is to me, which, you know, we're talking about alcoholism and a lot of things that kind of take you down before, you know, it's not the intention. People might think that all this is intentional if they don't understand or, you know, they you're, you're responsible for your actions, but with alcoholism, it's a disease. And you and I both know how a friendship or a parent with alcoholism, uh, your words you have said before, it's an endless disappointment. But you spoke about your dad. You said even in their darkest moments, they're still a hero. You still love them for who they are. So just to kind of wrap up Chris and how beautiful it is that your friend let you kind of move in. And that's kind of the vibe that 2020, 2021 has for you, you know, lean on me, lean on your friends. It's so beautiful to be able to kind of have that for you. And I think I know the answer to this question. But is there someone in your life that taught you how to find this softness, this compassion, and kind of showed you what that looks like? Yeah, my mom. 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 So can you tell us a little bit about your mom? I mean, I know Know that you mentioned that you're Christian scientist. What does it mean to be Christian scientist? Christian science is not Scientology. It's just mind over matter and choosing to heal with thought and using teachings from the Bible to like practice now. And I mean, growing up, I was never vaccinated. I never went to the doctor. You know, I fractured my hip and walked on it broken. I was going to say, let's just to really like drive that point home as your mom and dad were both Christian. Oh, it was my mom, mom. but my dad kind of let her just, he kind of knew how important it was her practice and her. And they've been together since like high school, right? They were, were they high school sweethearts? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they would have been married for like 30 something years. Okay, so growing up, no vaccines. That means like no pediatrician. Never. So you break a bone, you don't go to the hospital. Well, some do. Okay. Some Christian but scientists you, do. The way- Not, you hear those crazy stories like, oh, this kid died and the parents neglected them. That's like, that's not how it goes. Right. Which I cannot speak. I don't know those people personally. Right. But like, for me, that was not what it was. I got x-rays. Okay. My uncle is a orthopedic surgeon. I had like a lift in my shoe. We did everything. There was also kind of a debate where like I was still growing. So like, do you want to do a hip replacement on a 13 year old? Because her body's still growing. So it just, there was just a lot of moving parts. And you had the hip because you were an ice skater, right? Yeah, I fell on it on a jump, Uh, breaking it. Gosh, gosh. Okay. So your mom is Christian scientist, if I said that right. And what I thought was really interesting about that is that fear isn't allowed but neither is disease or sin. So does that mean if you're sick, 
or you break your bone for the most part, like you pray your way out of it with thought? Yeah, it's more or less like I don't practice Christian science anymore, but this year I actually just wrote something about this, how this was my healing. Like I I always kind of was like thinking I was going to have this healing, but this is my healing because from day one with Chris, with all of this, it's like not being an alarmist. You know, your kid falls down, you don't go, oh my God, like you just go automatically, you know, oh no, this is going to get cleaned up. This is going to be this way. It's like, I feel like I was just raised with my mom being like, no, this is how it's going. Right. I I guess like manifesting, like modern day way to say it would be like, really, you're manifesting everything. And I know that as you, you know, you were, you practiced as you were raised, you're until uh, I think Chris is when you kind of said, okay, I'm going to bring medicine in, but I'm also going to keep the teachings. I think that's what like really makes you you when I when I really understand Christian science. When I when I look into Christian science, it's like it this glimmer of light that we keep talking about like sounds like the Christian science that your mom brought into to your yes, life. That's what it is. Yeah. And so I feel like that's where you're getting your well of strength. Oh, absolutely. And she like there was never any I mean, she came over one of the first days and talked to him and hugged him. She wasn't like, oh, my God him burn his shit blah 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 you know she's like no we love him we love him through this and i love how that's like so natural and ingrained to her and now passed on to you become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from trinity school of natural health trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. You credit many of your morals to Christian science, but you also say, I believe, I've heard you say that it's one of the reasons that your dad struggled. Is that a fair statement or no? Yeah, he didn't have my, so here's the other thing, like with having babies, like I put my mom in labor for 42 hours. She delivered me at home on the living room floor. So none of that. And, but she is, she is very supportive of me. Who cuts the umbilical cord? Is there, there's no one there? Midwife. Midwife. Got it. Okay. But she was, she She's so, you know, I want to have my kids in the hospital. She's so, she doesn't care. I have an epidural. She's fine, fine with that. Because her thing is that you have to follow, like if you're going to do the holistic approach, you got to do your research. Like, so her whole thing with having kids growing up and not taking us to the doctor and not getting us vaccinated is, but she has someone to answer to. She has God. She has her backup, like something she believes in. She's not just like winging it and being like, oh, well, I just like, I don't agree with medicine. So like, I'm not doing that. Right. There's thought behind it. So that's kind of her thing. And so my dad was just, he didn't like going to the doctor, I guess, but he didn't want to do the prayerful work. He didn't want to read the lesson. He didn't want to go to church. He didn't really want to do the work. Mm -hmm. So he he was like, you have to pick, you know, if you're going to go 
have your kids at the hospital, you listen to the doctor. And she always said that. She said the second the midwife, I think towards the end with me, the midwife was like, if she doesn't come soon, we're, I'm, I'm, I feel more comfortable going to the hospital. So she's like, you listen to that person or you listen to that power or you listen, you pick a guide and you kind of, you go with them. And of course you, you use your intuition along the way. You're not just like blindly following whoever that is. But so my dad was just, you know, he wanted to pick and choose. He wanted to take this medicine, but it just. So how old were you when you learned about his alcoholism? Uh, I was young. I was in middle school. I had eight or nine solid years of him just being like super dad. And then that quickly turned into him. We ended up moving into my grandpa's basement in one town over. And then my dad was like passed out in his truck all the time in the driveway and just not interacting. And then, you know, ups and downs. I kind of, I kind of ditched him for a year when he was sick, which I regret now. I didn't really talk to him for a long time. Cause I was like sick with what? Um, well, his alcoholism had brought on diabetes, heart failure, varicose veins, which is okay. what I have from pregnancy, but you can also get them from diabetes. So he just, it brought on all these health problems and he just kind of checked out. So him and your mom never separated, right? Uh, they separated. They did. Okay. And sometimes you refer to your dad as rich when you write about him. That's his name. Why yeah. do you call him rich and not like dad when you write about him? Uh, I don't know. No, that's a good question. You don't know? Did you not realize that you do that? No. Do you know when you started doing that, I guess would be the question? No. It's just very fitting for his personality, I guess. I guess it's like aside from dad. Is Rich the version of him, you would say, that like, because you, you, whenever you speak about your dad, it's, it's, you might mention the alcoholism. It seemed then you related more to him than your mom. Obviously now your mom. Well, yeah, I thought he was, he was the cool parent. He didn't care what I did. And I thought he was like, that was the first thing that I wrote that you reached out to me. I will never forget this. You're like, this is your story to tell. And you have, it was like the first, it was, I, I started my blog and that was the first thing I published. That was when we first connected. You know, because I wanted to party and I wanted to do all these things I wanted to do. And my mom was at home like. So is when you think of that version of your dad, is that rich or is that dad? Yeah, that's rich. It's kind of cool. Like I do what I want. But interestingly, like even though he was the party dad, I think I don't know if it was in that blog post or um, I think you've you've written in some publications before where you came home from boarding school. So I guess that's middle high school and he's passed out in a bathtub and he's crying. I, I just want other people to also just understand alcoholism but he said to you I can't even make love to mom anymore and you you write it holy shit this was not what I signed up for yeah I had all I yeah I that was like the first moment that I was like oh my god I can't well so what happened was I I went to boarding school I came back my dad was building this we had tore down our house that we that I grew up in and he built this huge mansion in Wellesley Massachusetts and um, he was living there and so I told my mom I said I want to go stay with dad right and she said okay well then go do that. And so I lived with him. I slept on the floor and he slept on a couch in front of the TV, you know, in this huge house that had no, you know, no furniture, wasn't ready yet. And it was really sweet. And then that happened that night and he ordered us pizza and he was like trying to open something. He almost cut his, like, it was bad. And I was like, Ooh. And then all my friends started to be like, what do we do? It was just weird. It was the first time that I ever had to like really deal with like a drunk parent. And I was like, Oh shit. And so and then we go into the downstairs master bathroom and there's three empty bottles of gin in the bathtub. And he's like, he's just, he's saying all this stuff to me. And then he collapse, he passes out or whatever. I don't really remember all my friends leave. And I call my mom and I was like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, you want to live with him? You deal with it. But it wasn't in like a bitter, like it was purely like learning. She was always like, of course, if I had called her back, sobbing and was like, this is getting scary. She would have been there in a heartbeat. I think we understand your mom well enough that we know that that's not her vibe. But there's a moment that, you know, I know I've had it. And when friends have it, I feel like I kind of coach them through it. Mine was early on. Yours was certainly early on. But the moment when you realize that your parents, they don't have the answers and yeah. the role reverses. And yours was at, I think, age 13. Yeah, 14. Four, 14. Four, so at 14 years old, you, you know, you love Rich and you see him struggling and your mom says you know not not in a wrong way not in a bad way like you know f him you got it now but she says like okay this is this is your life and you know instead of hating him you love rich rich is cool rich is fun rich has a carefree personality you take it on to try and heal him yeah well yeah i thought i came back from boarding school and i was like you know you're the hopeful daughter and i was like i can fix him is there a moment when you re 
realized that you couldn't? Yeah, just, I mean, from there, it was pretty much just downhill. I kind of swore him off for a little bit. And then we got close right before he passed away. And then that was that. Uh, how old was he when he passed away? He would have been 56, yeah. And you were how old? I was 18. You were in college? Yes. Do you have your own personal rules with alcohol as a parent right now? Obviously, you're pregnant right now. and I got a handle. I think I, well, I had Isaac and then that was it for me. And I had a couple bad nights where I had too much, but the partying definitely was off the table. And my mom, being the only person who would really babysit, she would never babysit if we were going to go out and drink. So that wasn't even a, a thing. And very few people have watched my kids besides my mom or Chris's mom, okay. who is sober. She's like the saint. She's not religious, but she's, we're both so thankful that our moms are like, we don't touch the stuff. So after having Maddox, we would go to dinner. She's fine. If you have like a glass at dinner, it goes with the meal. Mm -hmm. Drinking regularly is not happening. Did you, okay. So you went to, I know you went to college for a little, but you didn't finish college, right? Correct. Was there a reason for that? I went to art school in New York mm -hmm. and my dad passed away and I finished the year at Pratt Institute. And then that summer we moved to St. Louis. We picked up and left Boston so my brother could go to this Christian science school here. Got it. And I transferred to University of Missouri. Small art school where your teachers watch you like a hawk to huge university where everyone parties and there's 400 kids in your class. Forget it. Yeah. And was that for art too or no? Well, yeah, but I had to reach, I had to do all these core classes and I couldn't, I wasn't even doing photography. So I just, that was not happening. Okay. So then you met Chris. And did, did you have your own journey with, with drugs at any point? I know that there was an overdose at least once. <laughs> yeah. That happened after college. That was after that college. happened when Chris and I were dating. Maybe we were engaged. A lot of the people I know, like a lot of like the drugs and the alcohol happened before they met their husbands or their their the fathers of their kids. But you went through a lot of this with Chris, right? Like together. I was, I think, towards the end of that. Like I didn't want to do it, but we were still going out. We went to a music festival and we, he was older than me. So just able to just like do more, you know, like he could like get a hotel room and like, mm -hmm. and then I was like, try this drug. Let's do this. Let's do this. Was anything off limits? Any drugs that you won't do or that you wouldn't do? Oh my God. I mean, I've never done heroin okay. or like meth. So what type of drugs are we talking about? Coke, ecstasy, Adderall, Xanax. Got it. And none of this as a parent, though. No. That Sammy's, that Sammy's gone. So I would die. I think if I took any of that, I would literally just like collapse on the floor and die. It's crazy to think <laughs> that you put that in your body and you can like wake up the next day. And the concoction usually that it entails too. Like the body is chemistry. It's, it's, we feel so invincible as when we're young. So when you left college, you were with Chris. And the thing that people need to understand about you is that like, I don't have this in the same way I might have it in a different way but you have a creative itch like you are an artist of many kinds from visual to a writing artist an author did you feel a void when you left college of, of how to fill that yeah well I think that's what that was because I couldn't channel that energy anywhere at school and then I was like I don't know what I'm doing because I was so happy at Pratt and I never even did that well in high school grade wise and so I was just, I think I was just really lost. And, you know, Chris had worked for his dad's company at the time and was making good money. And we just kind of had fun and just did whatever we wanted. At some point were you like, I miss art, I miss my purpose. Yeah. But then, then I was nannying for a job and I just remember driving home from this woman's house one day and I was like crying. And I was like, I think I was like, I want to be a mom. Oh wow. It was almost like I knew that that was going to like save me. I was like, if I don't do this now, and we had already been married at that point for a couple months. Being a mom is so core to who you are. And it's the one thing that seems to save you on the surface. Someone might think that's an escape, but there's something about every I've I've watched you go through two pregnancies now, almost two complete. And you turn so deeply inward when you're growing a baby that it's not an escape. It's the opposite of escape. It's like it's like the most looking at yourself in the mirror and being honest with yourself that is very easy to chalk up to, oh, she just had a baby to try and save her marriage or to not deal with her problems, but not the pregnancies that you have because they give you some sort of strength to be your best Sammy who happens to be a mom. And it's an interesting 
interesting distinction that I've I've never seen before in my life. So watching you as a mom is just the coolest thing to me because it's so natural to who you are, yet you're 28 years old. You're about to have your third kid by 28. I posted a picture on my Instagram yesterday of a photo of Maddox drinking your from your boob or eating from your boob. How do you say that? Eating? Feeding? Nursing, yeah. And it's so beautiful because there's a million times where you will talk about your, what do you call your boobs? Like tube socks? Oh yeah, there's many names for them. Yeah, you're oh, Sammy's always making jokes about the shape and the direction of her boobs. You know, at 28 years old, this photo, he's like attached to your nipple. Your breast is being pulled. And while you don't look like Pamela Anderson, right? Like the typical hot lady in America, whatever. I mean, like 20 million years ago, but whatever. She came to my mind first. Like who's a more, there's probably a lot more current examples. Yeah, the whole, like the round, everything's round. And, everything's and- perky. Everything's whatever. It is literally the most drop dead, beautiful photo of a woman I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. from your toes to your to your knees, you've got these varicose veins that you show us. From your knees to your hips, you have well, from your hip really, you have a a pretty big scar from surgery. Then you're growing a belly that we've seen and then your boobs have these like natural you laugh at them, but everything about like you as a woman is beautiful and yet you know, I talk a lot about body stuff like it's not what we've been told is beautiful, right? If that makes sense. Like, uh, of course you're beautiful, but like what we've been quote unquote told like then you're just so natural and radiate and I and I hope that comes across as a compliment because it is <laughs> well that's nice because those are the things that it, it's hard sometimes when you go oh, I want to wear a dress but look at this or like we started this podcast you've lived 400 lives and just about every facet and we didn't even get into a lot of what you've dealt with like you left with a marking, if you will, like from growing a child, from having a hip surgery, from whatever. And they tell your story beautifully. And I wonder if more people allowed their life marks, if you will, to show if if that's what we would just see as obvious beauty, because you just radiate that. Thank you. It's interesting that you say that because I've never I think that's part of the reason why I've never felt embarrassed by those quote unquote flaws because Chris, he's not the guy that's like, Oh gross. She's pregnant. Mm -hmm. He's like, wow, you're growing a baby. You're like, I'm 10 times more attracted to you. And the veins don't bother him. And the boobs, they don't bother him. He's like, that's age. Age is beautiful. And not that I'm thinking about dating anytime soon, Mm -hmm. but I have never felt so vulnerable as like, Someone else, maybe at some point, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is all me. Yep. And it's not changing. I'm not getting a boob job. Right. So I'm not getting these veins removed. What's that going to look like? Uh, it's weird. I, I don't worry about that for you. Will it be today or tomorrow? Probably not. Does it need to happen? No. But you're so <laughs> living your truthiest life. That's why you had here. <laughs> that that's what radiates out of you. And that's what people want to be around. That's what people say. Yeah, she's got three kids. I'm up for the job. Maybe we want to have one on our own. That's a conversation, whatever. But you meet somebody. I always say to my friend, Carolyn, who you know, actually, who was beautiful, gorgeous and single for the longest time. She has a boyfriend now. But I always say to her, every pot has its lid, but the more unique your pot is, the more difficult it is to find that lid that fits. So interesting. it's just about not maybe finding it in obvious places, which she has. Well, I kind of felt that way about you after going to your wedding <laughs> and learning so much about you and hearing all the speeches and this and seeing you sing. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. And, and, you know, I too have a husband that, well, similar to Chris, that all the insecurities that I have, he doesn't see. When I look my ugliest, he thinks I look my prettiest. And it's, it's, Something to say about a confident man, too, who's able to provide a sense of safety for us to flourish. And while Chris may have provided some non-safety things for you, he did provide a safety for Samantha Eason to become Samantha Eason over these past six years, well, six years married, more more years. So there, there are all these moments kind of 
happen for a reason. So speaking of your name, by the way, you have changed your name on Instagram a bunch of times. I think when I met you, you were Sammy Eason, then Sammy Jane Eason to now Samantha in person. Yes. I might have missed even a change there. No, I think you're right. Well, I changed it the first time because someone said a video and because I had two Y's because Sammy Eason was taken and they thought my last name was Eason. Right. Like Yeezy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I thought that was. And right. we had asked a bunch of people and they were like, yeah, that's your last name. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no. So then I just did Sammy Jane Eason because my family will call me Sammy Jane. And then part of me wants to have the same last name as the kids, but. Well, Samantha in person, I love, but somebody who often changes their name on Instagram, who's a public figure like you are, might think that you don't know who you are. You're always flip-flopping. But to me, every time you change your name, I feel like you're taking a layer off. You're becoming even more yourself. And I'm inspired by that, right? Yeah, you're you're right. But I also feel like I get really creatively obsessed with something. And then two weeks later, I'll be like, right. But most people are too afraid to make a change. They'd rather it become stagnant because it's known. And, you know, what if I lose followers or what if I, you know, change in any way. But when it comes to Instagram, most people are really afraid to do it or they're flip flopping all over the place because they're freaking confused. But you're not confused. You know what you like. And you always go for that, whether it's changing the paint color in your home four times before it's right. Like you see the world in a certain way and then you realign everything around you to make sure that it is properly reflecting what you you see. That's cool. I hope people stick to that because that's something that I've been like, you know, we had the three dogs. Money has nothing to do with this, but your life is customizable and people think that it's not. Mm. You know, when you bite off more than you can chew, that can be not good. I love that life is customizable. I don't think people realize. Well, here's the thing. When you go to a buffet, and I, I had to say this to Chris a lot as like an analogy kind of, mm-hmm. because he used to do this. He'd put all the shit on his plate. And then that's like kind of how he grew up. I think mm-hmm. you just overload your plate and then you figure out how to eat it all. Uh-huh. You don't go to a buffet and put all the food from the buffet on your plate <laughs> and down and go, well, shit, now I have to eat this food. You go up and you say, okay, what do I want? What can I eat? And then if you are still hungry, you go back and get more. Super curious to my listeners. Like, let us know if you eat like Chris at a buffet or Sammy at a buffet. I used to be Chris. Now I'm I'm Sammy. But like, you can't do it all. You can't. It does say something about your approach to life or your mindset more than more than you may think. Okay, so to the outside world, your words, they might seem dark, but they're really not dark. They're heavy. They're real. But in almost every Instagram caption, you give us that light. Uh, You even posted this year on your sixth wedding anniversary, which I'm pretty sure anybody listening here, if you were had your third baby in your belly, the last thing and you're, you know, mid divorce, the last thing you want to do is show up on your anniversary and talk about a marriage that isn't. Most people would gloss over that. Or if they did speak about it, they would express maybe like shame about how they failed. But you go on to talk about how you're not celebrating, but you are settling into the new life of co-parenting versus parenting. And you write, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. That's what I tell myself each night before bed. When I sleep alone and shed tears of both grief and relief. The marriage is broken, but the partnership lives on. The kind of partnership that focuses on the lives we've made together. The kind where we're selfless in fresh ways in order to make them feel the most comfortable. Because they are what is worth honor. No kind of separation can take away the beauty and light that already has been born. Always look for good on hard days. It is there and it is waiting for you. And that is the third Sammy, Samantha in person, caption that I've read where you talk about going to bed. Weird. I just wrote something this morning and I and I wrote that and I don't think I know that I did. Okay, it. but then the weirder thing that I'm literally bugging out about because you, your house has been featured in St. Louis Magazine. Your house is perfection. You just got your first bed. I did. I just got my first bed. <laughs> like, I am freaking out about the fact that you... That you've been, I don't understand. You've been sleeping on a mattress all these years? Yeah, on a box spring. The house is 100 years old, and we got this temp, this king-size Tempur-Pedic after my hip replacement in our old apartment. Okay. And with new construction, there's space. And so this house, there's four fireplaces. And so in the master, the two rooms that we've moved between, they're smaller. So and you had so- a king-size mattress 
but the bed would make it too big to fit in that room with a king size bed. Yeah, if you've got a bed frame, yeah. it's, you can't okay. even walk. Also, I'm like laughing at you, but we bought our house in February and we still don't have a bed. So I'm living the box spring life too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, tying this into sleep, right? So now you're back in your 100-year-old house. Chris is gone. You switch to a queen size bed, maybe because you're a queen, and you have your own first bed. I bought it with my own money and it was so rewarding in many ways. And I think metaphorically and literally, you're sleeping in the bed that you created. Wow. I spent a lot of time like deep in, you know, in some ways it's funny because you'd think there's so much to you, Sammy. And I was deep in the weeds of relearning and putting the pieces of timeline together yesterday when preparing for this. But it's actually very easy to follow because you're never talking about nothing. You go to your Instagram page, you might give us a recipe, but the next post is giving us like an intense insight into you. You go to your blog, it's the same. You don't write just to write. You don't write just for content. I can't pick a topic and go, oh, I want to write about this. I And that's something I struggle with because I love to write and that's what makes me feel so happy. And then when I sh- get to share it, that's like the other thing that makes me feel happy. And so when I, I can only write when I'm driving, which I don't, mm-hmm. and I can't do the voice memo. I tried it. Mm-hmm. Same. Sometimes I'll be driving with the kids and I'll get this thought and I pull the car over and I have to like jot down on my yep. notes. Or when I'm walking on my walk. So it's, it's a meditative state where your inspiration comes from. Yeah. And it's in the music. A lot of my playlists, those songs that are on my playlists are, those are like special songs that I don't even know what they are, mm-hmm. but they come on Spotify and I'm like, I get a thought and it just, it's just like, it comes right. and it goes. And then that's done. And I love that you kind of have these like meditative places to go because you're always driving with your kids in St. Louis. And I totally relate to like, okay, I've got this thought, need to write it down or it won't come back. I mean, I have to like run to my bathroom where I keep my cell phone in the middle of the night to write down. You have that too with your captions. I do. And I, you know, you and I both are very comfortable, you know, living our truthiest lives, being vulnerable. But there's so much in between that, like, if you went to go learn about me, like I'm posting content more regularly that kind of just has no meaning. Like my point is the themes are all over and you, you talk about going to sleep a lot. You talk about your dad and alcoholism. And I think there's even parallels between trying to fix Chris and trying to fix your dad. Like it's all very in plain sight in some ways. Oh, my gosh. Just I can't wait for one day for maybe you to turn your captions into a book or something because every bit of it, like I said, is this not darkness because you're not dark. You might see these tattoos and think that there's a hard exterior or you might see your vibey pictures and think, oh, this is a little gloomy. Like that's not it. There's light into everything that you do and it provides us, us really, with hope, like a head nod. Yes, like those are the words. So to transition a little bit, a couple of rapid fire questions for you. If you were a tree, what type of tree would you be? A willow. Ooh, so true because you're like mothery and you go with the flow like rich your dad i when i see them i feel so calm like they're such a like a good tree they are and they're mothering aren't they like a mothering tree that are and pocahontas was my favorite movie i really love that that, for you tree is like the coolest i love that i really love that for you like you've got movement but you're strong in who you are what type of pillow do you sleep with is it firm is it feather is it soft it's firm tempur-pedic casper used to be tempur-pedic okay i have the soft one for in between my knees okay well i hate feather pillows so i just want everyone to like if there's a feather pillow on my bed i'm chucking it so like i just need to make sure my friends aren't sleeping with feather pillows it's really just a friendship caution check it okay yeah no feather pillows here okay favorite compliment you've ever received maybe what you said today all right and i which part i I don't know. I don't know that I remember. Well, I made things. you feel good. And that's that's the beauty, actually. We might not remember what people say, but unique. we remember how that's you unique. unique. There it was. I said you're unique, which I believe you struggled with when you were young. So just for a little mind frame, like being different or unique versus now, what that means to you is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's we talked about this the other day about Instagram. It's such a tricky place to be like. And I wrote something about this recently, too, where it's almost like you have you don't have to choose, but because of having an audience and like all this stuff, it's like, okay, am I going to choose performance or am I going to choose expression? What are you going to do? I thought that was interesting that you struggled with that because I've always been a pretty big proponent of fuck the algorithm. Like I'm going to post what I want if it gets three likes, like not going to separate that. So anyway, one one trait you like about yourself. The ability to overcome bitterness. I think that's my favorite trait of you. I hate that. 
I just, it doesn't feel good. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's what people need to realize is bitter and anger are tangible, but they hurt. And like you wrote in that caption, like they create a fire inside of us, but not the type that fuels us forward, the type that burns us. I'm butchering your words a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't ignite you. It doesn't ignite you. It burns you. Fire is good. You, you know, when you have like a fire under your ass and you're like, oh, I'm really inspired to get this done or this makes me want to work harder. But that the other fire is, mm-hmm. is no. And then my last question is, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? In the middle of 2020, a baby about to leave your belly, three kids, single-ish. I believe in sequence and I believe in alignment. I do think everything happens for a reason, but I think that falls on the cliche side where you can like kind of apply it to like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm so grateful for this year because I know what shifting feels like. The shifts are what make you realize that this had to, this shifted here mm-hmm. for this to be aligned. Mm-hmm. And then that is sequence. Like the sequence of like how it plays out. It's this had to happen for this to move around because if this didn't move around, this wasn't going to happen. 100% agree. And I think that's a really a much more intentional way to think about what I call everything happening for a reason. So thank you for that. I think everyone kind of thinks that maybe. I don't know if people recognize the sequence. And I think that that kind of gives it a nuance that is important to kind of see like domino effect type of thing. Yeah. I love that. All right, Sammy, you are a complete inspiration of what it means to live your truthiest life. I know that right now is far from the easiest time for you, but I thank you for truly showing us what it looks like to have a huge, soft, open heart, even while it's bleeding out. I love I love you so much. And everyone go follow Sammy at well, who knows what she's going to be by the time this podcast comes out, but hopefully she's at Samantha in person. Oh my gosh, I love you. And I miss you. I love you. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 